broadcasting and podcasting 438 miles between each other on the first Thursday in November as we await the polling for election results. We're not talking about polling today. We're talking about college football and only college football. Glad to have you with us on the fifth quarter podcast. George Kopp with you. And as always, my good friend Desmond McLaughlin on this Thursday, November the 5th. Desmond, how are you doing? It's been rough, but how are you doing? George, man, you know, just we that's not a lie. We're doing we're doing what all America's doing, just waiting for this election. See what happens. You know, it's it's kind of sunny slash cold outside. But you know, as I said, we're all just waiting for the election results. It's a big responsibility as a citizen, and we'll have to see what happens. Absolutely. And you know, how to bring on the patriotic uh uh attire for today's episode but don't worry i'll be back with marshall i'll be back with marshall all you marshall fans that have kind of jumped on that bandwagon i'll be back next week but uh desmond shall we just get right into this talk about week eight and look ahead to week nine let's get it george all right so uh we'll start on maybe not the necessarily the fun topic but oklahoma and texas tech and desmond we talked about it last week there could be a very good chance that it was gonna be a shootout and Unfortunately, it was a shootout in only one direction, as it was 48 to 14 at the half in favor of the Sooners. That ended up being a 62 to 28 beatdown that was completed by the Crimson and Cream uh, Big 12 team. And Desmond, obviously, it was a big game for Texas Tech. And I saw that they put in Alan Bowman for a little bit. Um, thinking we're going to get a quarterback change. What were your thoughts and all this among that game? George, you, there's not even much to talk about. It. Just absolutely terrible. They, they pretty much look like they just gave up. They look like they've given up on the rest of the season. But you can't have that mentality, especially the seniors, you know, who, who their careers are running short. Some people, you know, it's very hard to make it to the NFL. You know, so all of these players, these are their last couple, few games, you know what I'm saying, the last the home stretch. Um, the turnovers killed them. They uh, Texas Tech got two two interceptions, a fumble. Oklahoma had zero, zero. And on top of that, they they had the ball thirteen more minutes, thirteen more minutes than Texas Tech did. That's just insane, especially in the Big Twelve. Oh yeah, when it's a shootout per shootout, and instead it you hold the ball. That is unheard of. Exactly. And um, as you said, Bowman did play. I believe he had like. Four passes, which he completed all four, of course, because that's Alan Bowman. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know what they'll do next week. I mean, as I as I said this week, I mean last week, I said this game will tell you is 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 Henry Odini for real. This is a good Oklahoma team. How is he going to handle? Um, I don't want to go too early and be like because it was his first big matchup, you know. Um, I don't want to say he's a bust by far. I don't want to say that because that's his first game. That he's really played terrible, and that's also his first game where he's really played competition. But I mean, you know me, I love Alan Bowman. Why wouldn't you go back to him? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, we'll, we'll just have to see what the decision is made. Um, and just have to respect whatever you know Coach Wells wants to do. Absolutely. And, and you know, you talked about that for a second with uh, Henry Houdini, you know, with Columbia. You know, obviously, Oklahoma's a good team. And Oklahoma has gotten better. I almost feel like their turning point, which we'll get to kind of later because we're going to talk about our midseason awards. Desmond, that Oklahoma-Texas game, we look back to that, and that almost re-energized the Sooners for sure. I mean, they've played non 
stop, you know, good football since that win. That win was a big win that they needed to get. And they've played well since that win. And you almost feel like that whatever, you know, early season struggles they had are gone. And we're seeing the Oklahoma that we normally see. And we're seeing an Oklahoma that's going to compete for a Big 12 title. And we're seeing an Oklahoma that might show up and surprise people because of that early that early um, struggles, again, but the, that early showing that they gave us. You can't – the big story of this game, 27 points in the second quarter for Oklahoma. You cannot have that as a defense, <laughs> even in the Big 12. Even in the Big 12, you cannot have that, especially when you score – I think it was either zero or it was seven that they scored in the, the Texas Tech scored in the second quarter, which, yeah, you can't have that. Um, but I guess moving on, put that, you know, that's, that game happened. It's gone. It's, you know, a loss. Texas Tech is now one and four in the, uh, in the big 12, I believe. Yes, they are one and four. Uh, now you look ahead to T- TCU, another rivalry game or really a rivalry game where you get back-to-back rivalry games with TCU and Baylor. Desmond, TCU put Baylor away, and Baylor came back last week, but it was pretty obvious that game was over at halftime when it was 33-6. to So they're kind of struggling as well, but Max Duggan has shown that he can play good quarterback. What are you looking forward to seeing in this team uh, as Texas Tech goes back on the road, and what's your prediction? Prediction is... I would say TCU 38-21. But it'll be interesting. I want to see that Texas Tech defense that we've seen for, I think it was like a two- to three-week stretch where we are like, this Texas Tech defense isn't bad, you know. This game against Texas, you know, we're talking about how they're doing such a great job. They've kind of disappeared since then. And I I really want to see what he chooses. Does he keep Henry in there? Does he bring back Bowman? I think that's a big decision right there that he's, like, thinking about right now. And I really want to see what he chooses. Yeah, and he's got two more days to think about it before kickoff at 2.30 on FS1. And Desmond, just one more thing you hit. This Texas Tech defense has not been good. Um, even, even in the times that they were good, especially in the win against First Virginia, they have not been good. They have allowed at least 27 points in every single game this year, with their highest being 63. That was, of course, the overtime game against Texas and then 62 last week against Oklahoma. So you can I mean, when you're looking at defense from that side of you side of it, you cannot have that. That is something you cannot have. But something you can have is some good offense with some decent defense as we shift ahead to College Station for the annual Arkansas-Texas A&M game. And Desmond, I mentioned this last week. It's always going to be a close game when you're playing the, the Hogs. And it did. It did prove that. But I, you know, I say that, but honestly, this game was over when it was 42 to 17 Texas A&M at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, we say, and we've seen this in in the election, you know, oh, it's over. Stop it. We won the state, blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's not over until you play all 60 minutes, right? But Arkansas had no chance. I mean, to be honest, that last touchdown they scored in the – with I think it was like 45 seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter, like AM should have stopped them there on that. And Jimbo Fisher said, I wish we had stopped them on that last drive. But again, it was it was kind of useless. The AM defense, I don't even know if we had our 
first stringers out there if we were just kind of playing whoever. The one thing I did like, this was probably the most offensive, like by far the best offensive performance I've seen from start to finish under the Jimbo era. Uh, Florida is right up there earlier this season, but this, I mean, Desmond, we punted on our first possession and then we had six, count them, six straight touchdown drives. That is exactly what you, what you want to see from your offense. An offense that doesn't just, okay, touchdown, then we punt, touchdown, then we punt, touchdown, then we punt, like where you're inconsistent. You want to have consistency. And even if it ended with like three punts to end with, so who cares? You look at that middle stretch, and that was from basically, I guess, 10 minutes left in the second, in the, or more like seven minutes left in the first quarter to the end of the four, or third. That was the stretch that the tech, Aggies scored their six touchdowns. That's a huge stretch. Um, but we go back to defense. They allowed 461 yards of offense. That's not good. Um, what, what did you see from the Aggies in this game? Kevin Mond played outstanding that game. They did have they didn't have a good rushing game, but it was, it was just average, you know. But Kevin Mond stepped up, man. You know, he threw three touchdowns, uh, two fifty plus yards. And this this is what I was talking about. How if he keeps improving, it will really help out his draft stock. It really helped out Adams, Adams. You know, their appearance, their confidence for you know the committee to look at them, which is going on right now. You know, they're what are they? Are they seventh? Right. That's correct. Yeah, they're they're, they're they're just outside that top five, you know. And if I'm saying if if stuff falls their way somehow, there's there's a chance they could possibly squeak into the CFP. Absolutely, and you know, of course, they're not going to be playing for an SEC championship. Um, Alabama would have to lose twice at this point, and I don't think that's going to happen uh, to win the, for AM to win the SEC West, but. Um, AM can hope for an at large or something. I this is one thing for sure, Desmond. Even if AM loses a game down the road here in the final, uh, what is that one, two, three in the final five games, you know, because we're at the halfway point, AM's still going to a very good bowl game this year. And you know, honestly, an eight and two season, I will take 100%. I would love nine and one, I think that would be really fun because. When you look at the teams left on the schedule, South Carolina, Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, teams that have underperformed, teams that you should be able to beat. Auburn's probably the only team, which is the very last game of the regular season. That concerns me. But if if you're playing lights-out football the four games prior to that, you go into Auburn with a chance to go 9-1, and one, you can – of course Jimbo's going to have his guys ready to go, and he's going to have that mentality, and he has that mentality already. We have three wins in a row where we've scored at least 28 points. Check that. We scored 20 points in every single game except for the Vanderbilt game. Even when we lost to Alabama, we scored 24. I like my chances here. I don't want to say that, you know, things are going to – if you look at who's ranked ahead of us, Cincinnati, again, an American team, American conference team that might lose, hopefully they lose. Georgia, Georgia-Florida play a big game this week. Notre Dame – Notre Dame and Clemson play a big game this week. Ohio State, Alabama. Teams that, if they do lose, AM's right back in the mix. Um, but, Desmond, I liked how you mentioned about Kellen Mond. He's not just helping his draft stock here. He's helping his, his self-esteem, his um, everything that contributes to your draft stock. So, not just, oh, the play on the field, but he is a leader. He's showing that he can be a leader. He's showing that he can be trusted as a leader. And... I think, I think Mon might have a chance to maybe claim 
some of those awards towards the end of the season. But Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to be overshadow overshadow him. AM's kind of yeah, and, and but the thing is, Anum's kind of flying flying low. They're flying in this shadow that people aren't thinking about. And you know what? I'm okay with it. If we're under the radar and then we come back up, well, you know, that's okay for me. Um, you have to take it one game at a time. But we play for play South Carolina this week. Play the they play for a trophy, Desmond. I don't know if you knew this. They it's called the James Bonham Trophy. James Bonham was a South Carolina aid, government aid, or whatever. Uh, in the 1800s and came to the Alamo and was an Alamo hero. Um, so hence the reason why Alamo, South Carolina, Texas A&M, South Carolina, put it together. Boom. Uh, this trophy has been kept in like the, the lower, the basement of the Alamo. So it's something that people don't really know about. Also South Carolina, Will Muschamp a few years ago was quoted saying, I don't, I, I don't know what it looks like, but I can tell you it's not here because we haven't beaten them. Uh, so uh, yeah, so South Carolina has not beaten AM uh, ever. And I don't think that conti- I don't think that uh changes on Saturday night. I've got the Aggies winning uh 35-24. Um they can't get complacent. They cannot get complacent, but I think they'll get it done. What do we, what do you think? I agree, George. I like I like that how you said like he's never seen it because they haven't won. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. But yeah, I agree. I think AM's gonna win this game 34-17 and keep the streak going. Uh, and I almost forgot to mention in the Oklahoma Texas Tech game, um, I forgot to mention my score prediction. I have TCU winning 44, or sorry, Texas Tech TCU, not Oklahoma Texas Tech. TCU Texas Tech. I have TCU winning 40 to 20. Big win for the Horde Pops. Um, yeah. Either way, you can get both those games on Saturday uh, the Texas Tech game, 230 at FS1, and AM's game at primetime on ESPN. AM is a 10 point favorite. And check that one out. All right, let's go look at the rest of college football as we move forward in our podcast episode this week, which is episode number 10 of the third season and number 47 total. I forgot to mention that as Desmond <laughs> has some, some shakiness there. But you know who didn't have any shakiness, Desmond? Who? A name that you're going to remember. DJ Uyangale had to Derek King. You got me excited, George. No, 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 no. The Clemson backup, DJ Uyangale. You name you're going to hear this week as Trevor Lawrence is out again for the second straight game against Notre Dame. He was their saving grace, and you know what? He looks good. I don't know about you, Desmond, if you saw any part of that Clemson game. They struggled first first half but they woke up in the second half. And my goodness, Travis Etienne, DJ Uyangale, things are going to be real interesting. But the big story is the Pac-12 comes back this week. Um, we had the MAC, hashtag MACTION, return last night on Wednesday, um, which was fun to see. All that midweek games that we'll get. But the Pac-12 returns, and honestly, they can thank the Big 12 because they might actually be in, in the – the driver's seat for a college football playoff spot if they have an undefeated champ, uh, which is something I never thought I'd say <laughs> uh, about the Pac-12. Um, what were your thoughts about the Big 12? Obviously, a uh, big game that you picked the upset correctly, Texas and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State struck, or, you know, Texas beating Oklahoma State, no more undefeateds in the Big, big 12. SEC, Florida, Georgia is going to decide the East this week. Uh, Big Ten, 
Indiana might be the most surprising team. They play Michigan, who struggled on Saturday. Um, what are your thoughts uh, across college football last week, and what should we look forward to this week? Well, George, there are a lot of games coming up that we can really shake up college football playoffs. You mentioned a lot of them. Clemson, Notre Dame, you know, in the ACC, the Big 12. Um, right now, the front runners are Iowa State, Kansas State. They they could easily, they could lose a couple. I mean, I, I would say they're my front runner. They might not be leading, but you know, but um, they could. They, you've seen the Big Twelve. Anyone can lose this year, especially with OU and Texas looking, you know, better than they have been all season. Um, you know, of course, um, Ohio State, Indiana, Northwestern, they're all doing really good, but they're still well. This is their second week of playing. Um, uh, third actually, third week, third 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 week of playing. So. They, they still have a lot of games left. You don't know one of them could lose. Um, and, of course, um, Georgia and Florida. That could, there, see, there are a lot of games this week and next coming weeks that really determine the college football playoffs. So I'm, I'm pretty excited, you know. And as I said, there are a lot of dark horses like, you know, A&M, OU, Texas, even Miami teams with one losses. Um, who, who could possibly get a chance of competing for that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Desmond, you said it incorrectly. It's Florida, Georgia, not Georgia, Florida, depending on where you are. If you're a Georgia fan, it's Georgia, Florida. If you're a Florida fan, it's Florida, Georgia. (laughs) uh, uh, I I, I lean towards the Florida, Georgia side just because there is some Florida roots um, in some parts of my family, but uh, we'll just leave it at that there. As uh, the big game, of course, as Des mentioned, Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia, Florida, Florida, Georgia, however you want to say it. The two, um, it's the first time in two years, Desmond, uh, we have a weekend where we have two uh, top 10 games at the uh, same weekend. Number one mm-hmm. and four with Clemson, Notre Dame, and then five versus eight with Georgia and Florida. Uh, we also get Michigan, Indiana. That's a ranked matchup in the Big Ten. Never thought we'd see Indiana ranked higher than 25. Uh, and then BYU and Boise State, Friday night ranked showdown. Uh, BYU's biggest test of the, of the season, and we'll see if they actually are for real. Um, so that should be interesting. Of course, Stanford-Oregon is the return of the Pac-12 and probably the biggest matchup of opening weekend. So we're going to move forward into our main discussion of the um, episode. You can cue the awards ceremony music whatever the oscars they use you know i don't know i'm not very good singer so uh but um we normally do this earlier in the season because in a normal season halfway point it's about four weeks ago or two weeks ago but we haven't even started the pac-12 and the Big Ten just returned, and all these teams are not even midseason, but we decided that a adjusted midseason's award ceremony would be appropriate. So without further ado, we will entertain you with our award winners of the adjusted midseason for 2020, my award voice. And with the midseason most valuable player offensively, we would like to award it to my award winner would be Brees Hall running back from Iowa State this man has a hundred rushing yards in every single game he has broken his career high in three straight games Desmond if that's not an off if that's not an valuable player in offense I don't know who will be who do you have as your MVP on the offense George I respect your pick of course, there's one man who I would have picked, but of course I had to save him for the Heisman Trophy. We all know who that's going to be. Okay. But 
this man on the other team, one of the biggest rivalries right now in college football for the last two years, Mac Jones, quarterback for Alabama Crimson Tide. Ooh. This man, he's proving that he is a leader. They are undefeated right now. Alabama is looking strong. All right now, there, there are a lot of – I was choosing. There are a lot of people, you know, could have chosen the quarterback from BYU, you know, Travis Etienne from Clemson. You know, there are a lot of people I chose, but I was thinking, like, Alabama's dominant. They are one of the best top three teams right now in cultural playoffs, and they are being led by a great quarterback. Oh, they are. I just had to go – I had to go with them this time, you know? No, absolutely, and that's a great pick. That's a great pick. Mac Jones has been, you know, showing, I think, every single week having at least 350 yards of of passing offense and two touchdowns. So, yeah, I I definitely agree with that. There are a lot of – Offensive MVPs you could have chose for the mid. Yeah, there are a lot. Um, but I like the kind we went off a beaten path almost a little bit. All right, let's go to the midseason most valuable player defense. Um, Desmond, it kills me to say this and pick this guy, um, but I got to go with. I believe the pronunciation pronunciation is Joseph Osai. Osai. He's a <laughs> linebacker for Texas. This yeah, man. Yeah. This man is a quite literally a beast on the defensive side of the football. I believe he leads the lead, the big 12 in tackles and in sacks and in forced fumbles. The man is just all over the place. And you have to uh, Oklahoma, the way that they controlled him was either he was, I think he was slightly injured in that game too. So uh, the, the way they controlled him was they just focused on where he was and they went to the other side of the field. That's what you're going to see with this guy. That's when you know he's a playmaker because they're, you're avoiding him. Desmond, who did you have on the defensive side? George, I'm going to go interesting, all right, because this player doesn't play on a very good football team, but his stats and how he plays is insane. I don't know if you remember, but back, I guess, in week one or two, Duke Duke had a big game. I forgot who they were playing, but I was like, you know, this Duke defense isn't bad. They haven't been bad. They, played, know, no, they played Notre Dame to start their season. It was that Notre Dame when I said the Duke defense isn't bad. It's always the offense that struggles. Uh, they, they actually have two players who are in the top three for sacks. But this guy – from his French name, I'm so sorry, but Victor Dumikichi, something like that. I apologize, of course. <laughs> he, he's he's good, bro. I'm saying like he's in the top half for set for solo um, tackles. He he's tied for first right now um, in total sacks, and he's tied for ninth for for forced fumbles in the whole, um, you know, of college football. This this man's a beast, six three, two sixty five. I mean, again, I know he doesn't play for the best team, but his stats alone are proving why if he was on a different team, on a better defense, he would shine even more. Absolutely. And and I think uh, he is a draft prospect, I believe. I believe he is eligible for the draft. So we could see him go top 10, top 20. Yeah. I mean, he's that good of a player making that big of an impact on a Blue Devils defense and a Blue Devils team that just is quite literally stinking up the ACC. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I do not want to be that person – negatively but seriously the duke you know they've had some close games they've beaten syracuse and they've um you know held it close with notre dame but they've never they haven't really you know i believe that game was a 27 to 13 loss to notre dame so um yeah all right we'll move forward to our special teams player of the year this can be a kick returner it can be a kicker it can be a punter and desmond i think we agreed that our 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 player jeremiah haydell he is the kick returner and punt returner for Texas State. And he's he's the one that made that catch too, right? The yeah, he's season? made he's made some catch of the year so far. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 
kind of similar situation. Texas State is one in seven on the year, okay? They're garbage, but they've had close games. They should have beaten SMU. They should have beaten UTSA. They had some close games in the Sun Belt recently. They should have beaten Boston College. There were games that they kind of slip away. You can almost tell that Jake Spavadol, coach for, for the Bobcats, he's so close to getting this team in a position where they can be, you know, three and three, four and four. That's just, you know, he's lost, I think it was four games by a combined total of like 13 points or something. It's crazy how many, you know, how many close games Texas State have had. But this guy, Haydell, Jeremiah Haydell, has made an impact. He's had two kick return touchdowns. He has a punt return, or no, two punt return touchdowns, correction. He has a kick return touchdown. He has catches in the end zone. He has sports center top plays. I mean, this man does it all around for you. This We might as well not call it the special teams player. We might as well call it the all-purpose, the all-around player. All-around player. Because he does everything. Um, so shout-out to you, Jeremiah Haydell, if you somehow listen to this. Congratulations. You got in the fifth quarter midseason special teams player of the year. All right, Desmond, uh, the, two ga- the two ones that we like to look forward to, the midseason game of the year and uh, the midseason upset of the year. Let's start with the game of the year. Um, I know we sort of agreed on this. If you looked at, um, if we kind of talked about, but I got to go with that Red River rivalry game. The Red River rivalry game. Four overtimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, if I'm being biased, but I'm also looking at what a game, I'd have to go with the Florida-Texas A&M game. That game from start to finish, nonstop, I mean, the first half, the first half had no turnovers, and it was score, 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 with AM being on the short end stick because they took a field goal instead of a touchdown. That was how that was how competitive the first half was. And the second half was even better. We had a few punts, but um, nonstop action. If you're a college football fan like we are, that's what you want to watch in a game. You don't want to watch, you know, six to nothing or seven to nothing or whatever you want to watch back and forth but you don't want to shoot out either you want like you know you want some defense and we had some turnovers in the second half of that game um so yeah but i think oklahoma texas i'll let you explain desmond that was quite the game for yeah you know me i'm a little biased so of course when big 12 but of course it's gonna be the OU Texas game you know like you, you have a game with the red 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 river rivalry where it's just always insane you have it going to four overtimes you know, these are two teams who have been struggling where, you know, this is going to give them the edge. If it does come down to big 12 teams with two losses, whoever wins is going to have the, you know, the edge of the other person. So this was a big game that they might not, they, of course, it's a big game. Of, now they're starting to realize how big that game actually was with OU and Texas both looking good. You know, Absolutely. Kansas State, you know, Iowa State, they're all losses now. If, they, if it comes to two losses, you know, it's going to come down to the head-to-head matchups. And so this was just a, it was an amazing game to watch going back and forth. Um, but yeah, that was, that was just, that was just the great game. That was a great game to watch. Yeah. It was the longest Red River rivalry game ever. Red, the mm-hmm. longest Red River shootout, shootout game. Um, I believe it was the fifth one to go to overtime, fourth or fifth one to go to overtime. And it was the, um, the third comeback by Texas ever or in the last 20 years that they've come back in the Red River game to either win or force overtime. So um, quite a big, quite a big game there. All right, let's talk upsets. We've seen some and we've called some, me being the one that's called the most, but for at least for between Desmond and I. But um, I, you could argue a lot here. For me personally, I've got to take Arkansas State over Kansas State, an upset that I actually picked. And looking back, 
like looking at it now, Arkansas State's kind of underperformed. Kansas State has sort of kind of stuck where we thought they'd be. And so I think that's what makes it even better, bigger of an upset, is that Arkansas State's kind of been on the downhill versus a game like LSU-Mississippi State or uh, Louisiana and Iowa State because both those teams are doing well. So you can't necessarily say that was an upset. But, Desmond, what did you have? Well, George, you already said it. I, I, it was the beginning of the season, but I did Mississippi State over at LSU. You know, and I was looking at him, KJ Costello – says they passed for an SEC record of 623 yards and five touchdowns. And I, I know LSU is kind of um, underperformed, but it, at the time, at the time, we were still treating LSU like they were the Joe Burrow of LSU. So this is a huge upset. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? But even then, those stats alone by KJ, like, that's just insane. You know, I was thinking about maybe going the um, – I was thinking about maybe choosing the a and game. Um but I just want to go Mississippi State. Just I, I felt I felt good with that one. Yeah, and Desmond KJ Costello, after putting up that record number six hundred and twenty-three, he his next four games he had a combined of like six hundred yards. So <laughs> or the next three games had combined six hundred yards. So um, you can see that he basically got his production in one game, <laughs> or fifty percent <Right. laughs> of his production in one game. And yeah, you're right. LSU, we were treating them more of the LSU team that had just won a national championship, not the LSU team that's two and four or two and three rather and struggling. Um, so um, yeah, that's good pick there. And finally, our Heisman Trophy winner for the midseason. Desmond, I'm going to surprise a few people because I know we could take Justin Fields, we could take Trevor Lawrence, we could take guy, Travis, Travis Etienne. We could take guys that we know might actually win the Heisman Trophy. But I'm going off the beaten path because this guy deserves some respect. This guy is leading a team that should have, should be in the playoff conversation, but isn't because they're a smaller school. This guy has one of the most accurate arms in college football this year, close to 65% completion rating. This man is leading a team, and he's like 24 years old, and he's a sophomore or junior. Junior. Got to go up to my man, Zach Wilson, the quarterback for BYU. The man is going to get his biggest test this season or this week against Boise State. But when you have a guy that can throw for 60% of his – or complete 60% of his passes and throw for 400 yards and throw for four touchdowns on the regular, yeah, they're playing garbage teams, but they're beating garbage teams by, like, 35 points. So what is there to say that they're – that's not a – like, they're a good team if they're beating them by that big of a margin. I've got to go with my boy, Zach Wilson. Um, what about you, Desmond? I've said this the last three weeks or so. I know he's injured right now, but he'll be back soon. He'll be back soon. Of course, I'm about to go with Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for Clemson, who improves every single year. George, you cannot it's, say – No, I know he's good, but there's such a boring, boring pick. You could have picked somebody okay, different. Okay, but he hasn't won it the last two years. This is his year. And I, don't, I think it's just too early to call Justin Fields yet. I mean, yes, he's playing great, but he's only played like – you know what I'm saying? It's too early. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence is a great quarterback. And if he doesn't win the Heisman, then something is wrong. Something is wrong with our, our, our college football world. So uh, we're going to move forward now to our games of the week. And Desmond, congratulations. You can rub it in my face. I'll, I'll be okay with it. You rub it in my face. As we mentioned earlier, Texas beat Oklahoma State 
Desmond's upset pick finally got on the right side of the upset pick this week or, you know, stopping his streak of four consecutive losses. Um, as for me, I'm following closer and closer to that 500 mark after Houston could not upset, uh, could not upset UCF, uh, their second loss ever on Halloween. So um, I guess that's what I get for picking the Houston Cougars. Either way, either way, it's a clean slate, fresh, fresh chance this week. And uh, you'll be surprised at my upset, Desmond. I'll say that. Um, as we get in going here, picking the biggest games of the week on the biggest stages. As we start in the Big Ten with that aforementioned Michigan and Indiana matchup. Ranked matchup, Michigan following badly last week to Jim or to uh, Michigan State, a team that got thwomped by Rutgers. So who knows what's going on between Michigan, Michigan State, and Rutgers. Whereas Indiana beat a Rutgers team that upset Michigan State in the opening weekend. So, uh, Desmond, there is one thing I will tell you. Michigan, as bad as they are or as inconsistent, whatever we've seen from them, they have not lost to Indiana since 1987. That's 24 straight wins over the Hoosiers. They are favored by three and a half. But you know what? The better team is going to be the team in the red pinstripes. And I'm. it's not an upset. It's not my upset because I think Indiana is just the better team. But I'm taking Indiana to win this one and stop the losing streak. Uh, 37 to 30, and they moved to 3-0 for the first time since 1988. Desmond? George. I want you to think about currency here for a second. You have a dollar, you have a penny, you have a nickel. What, what am I missing? You have a dime. What am I missing, George? A quarter? 25, baby. Make that 25 years in a row. 25 years since Indiana's last win over Michigan. George, I know I said that Michigan was, you know, I said I like Harbaugh this year. I think they're really good. They disappointed me last week with that loss. Maybe you're right about how he always seems good and they end up losing. But I'm, I'm not going to give up just yet because of one loss, you know. Um, so I, I'm picking them to win, 35-24. Uh, last week I picked – I think Texas was, was the number one game we chose, and I picked them to win, and they came out. This week, Michigan's the number one game we're picking, so I'm picking them to win. You know, i got to keep it going. The good luck. Um, now, we could go. this isn't my upset pick. It could go upset either way. You know, Michigan's fair to win with their lower rank. Um, this is not my upset pick, but it'll be interesting. So I got Michigan's okay. view. Okay. 11 a.m. on FS1 on Saturday morning. You can catch that one from Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, and Desmond, I will mention the last time the Indiana beat Michigan, it was in, in Bloomington. It was at home, and that's where this game is being played. So could be interesting matchup there. All right, uh, let's move back 24 hours to Friday's night's showdown between the BYU Cougars and the Boise State Broncos. Ninth-ranked Cougars and the 21st-ranked Broncos take stage at the Blue Turf in Boise, Idaho. Desmond, Boise State has a uh, – put up 42 or more points in both games that they've played this year. BYU's done the same, 44, averaging 44 points per game over seven uh, total games that they've played. Six, rather. Six total games that they've played. Um, I already mentioned Zach Wilson. I like the guy. Boise State's going to be out with their, um, their, their, their main starting quarterback. Has not played this season yet. Uh, they don't expect him to play this week, or tomorrow, rather, uh, for me. 
Uh, it's enough for me to pick the BYU Cougars. They keep their undefeated streak a lot or season alive. I think they could jump into the top top eight. They're currently ninth. I think they could top jump into the top eight depending on what happens this weekend. Um, but yeah, I'll take the BYU Cougars forty five to thirty five on the road. Doesn't. I agree, George. BYU is just too good. I said about Zach Wilson, great quarterback. Watched him play when he played against us, played against um, U of H. He's, he's pretty, he's good. He's good. I, I did like watching him play. They're going to win this game 41-27. I think it's going to be close. Yeah, it will be a very good game. Um, 8.45 p.m. kickoff on FS1 on Friday night. Some Friday night football to go with your Friday night lights to go with your high school Friday night lights um, here in Texas. All right. We move forward to a game that I didn't actually think would be a ranked matchup, Desmond, but it is, um, at least on one side, as the 25th-ranked Liberty Flames take on the Virginia Tech Hokies. Desmond, Liberty is ranked for the first time ever, and this season, um, teams that have ranked for the first time are 3-0 and in their next game as a ranked team. That's Coastal Carolina, Marshall, and Louisiana, um, as, as Louisiana wasn't ranked in modern era before so um i feel like the trend is there for liberty to win i like where hugh freeze has his program going uh he is the head coach of liberty i think he might be in position to get a a big job a big head coaching job right after this season um i like the liberty flames the upset um to upset even though they're ranked uh virginia tech and the Hokies. uh virginia tech is a 15 point favorite at home desmond which is extremely high for a team that Somehow, you know, whatever. Either way, it's not my upset pick. I just think Liberty is the better team, and they'll win. Um, 37 to 33. What about you? Oh, George. Now that you said that, this was supposed to be my upset pick because Liberty is ranked. Over and you can Texas. still pick it as your upset pick because, according to Vegas, they have no idea what we're talking about. So, All right, good. You know, I have a lot of people that. You're not going to be feeling the flames today. Virginia Tech's going to win this game 27 to 17. Whoa. So are you, so are you an upset against the top 25, but a favorite with Vegas? What is this? Is this your, so are we counting this as your upset? I would. Yes. Okay. I thought, see, I don't know. I thought we we're going based off because Liberty is ranked. They're in the top 25. They are. Virginia Tech is not. They are. And that's, that's, I feel like that's good enough for an upset. So yeah, I'll, I'll give you the upset on that one, Desmond. Um, 11 a.m. on ACC Network from Blacksburg, Virginia. That's where you can find that game on Saturday morning. All right. The next game we're looking at is the earliest game to ever kick off in Pac-12 history. 9 a.m. local time in Los Angeles as the Arizona State Sun Devils travel to the Los Angeles Coliseum to take on the Trojans of USC, the 20th-ranked Trojans of USC. Desmond, can you believe it that Clay Helton is still the head coach at, at USC? And what have they done while he's been the head coach? Like literally nothing. Literally nothing. I cannot name a single good accomplishment that they have done. They have not gotten to any decent – I mean, maybe the Rose Bowl. Maybe the Rose Bowl in whatever, 2016 when they played Penn State and they beat Penn State. But that's about it. That's literally about it. Um, Herm Edwards, I like the guy. I like the guy. You know, what? he's got this firepower. He's got this firepower that I really like. And I saw him when he was on ESPN as an analyst. He's been a coach for the last two years. I like where he's at. I like his head, uh, or like not his actual head, because I think he's 
he's got that shortcut kind of like you Desmond but uh I like where his head is at when he's coaching he has a mindset that's good for college football for me it's enough for me to say that USC is overrated I'm taking the Sun Devils to upset the Trojans upset in the Coliseum get your breakfast in bed with the the whatever all you people that live on the west coast get your breakfast and watch and cup of coffee and watch this game go down but no i've got the sun devils winning 34 to 30 in hopes of maybe keeping my upset watch on the right side of the 500 mark desmond george very interesting george you saw when was it last year two years ago when i chose arizona state herm edwards as my Small two years ago. Two years ago. What do they do every week to me? They lose by a touchdown. That's exactly what's going to happen this week. That is just in their DNA. They're not a bad team, but they're just, they just can't get over that small little oomph. You know what I'm saying? USC is going to win this game 31 27. Arizona State's going to lose by less than seven points again. Ten point, ten and a half, ten and a half point favorites for the Trojans. Uh, and we'll see if they cover, but I have faith. I have faith in Herm Edwards, okay? And the fighting Herms, okay? The fighting Herm Edwards. Um, and we just have confirmation as we are recording, Desmond, that there will be one less Pac-12 game being played this weekend as Cal and Washington has been postponed due to Cal's positive COVID-19 tests. Um, so Cal and Washington will not play. That means that there'll be two last uh, teams in the Pac-12 with uh, still looking to play their first game. We'll see what that impact has, and we'll talk about it more next week, um, courtesy of ESPN Breaking News coming in as I was paying attention here. All right, back to the game picks as we get to that, and um, we'll talk about it here as our final game, Stanford-Oregon in the Pac-12. But first, Georgia-Florida, Florida-Georgia, ranked matchup in Jacksonville, Hated rivalry. They used to call this one the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. That game, that name has kind of uh, fallen away because of some alcohol incidents that happened. Uh, either way, people still call it that, and that's still what they aren't going to be doing because there's been no tailgating allowed in Jacksonville. Um, but uh, I like Georgia's had the upper hand over the Gators in the last uh, few years. They've won three in a row. They're looking to win their fourth. Florida, though, is playing with this fire that I really like. Kyle Trask is a good quarterback. Kyle Pitts is a good receiver. They have a connection. Um, they just came up short against AM, you know, a few weeks ago, or you know, a few weeks ago. They beat Missouri pretty handily. Desmond, don't call it an upset, but call it a game that will send Georgia tumbling out of the top 10. I like the uh, Florida Gators to beat the Georgia Bulldogs 34 to 27. Chomp, chomp, go Gators. Desmond? Go Bulldogs, George. I think I feel like we're choosing opposite teams this week. I like it. You know what I'm saying? No. No, George. Georgia's still there, man. I don't know why people are sleeping. I don't know why they're Of course, you know, we have Florida, and then, you know, Alabama. Georgia is still there. They're going to win this game 24-17, George. Well, Desmond, if they mm-hmm. win by that margin, that would be the same score as last year. For real? That's correct. Looking at deja vu, George. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. 230 CBS. It's the game of the week in the SEC on that network. 
three and a half point favorites for the dogs of of Georgia for roof roof, but it's going to be chomp chomp go Gators. So uh, um, now we look at the next, the biggest game of the week: Clemson Notre Dame college game days traveling to South Bend. Trevor Lawrence is not going to be there. Um, DJ Uyangale, um nailed it again on the pronunciation. Is uh, going to be just as good as he was last week. He had four touchdowns, make it four again. Um, I do not like Ian Book with a burning passion. He's not a good quarterback for Notre Dame. Notre Dame's been all over the place. Brian Kelly somehow is winning football games, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. They've won games like it, it's ridiculous. Their last few games, 12-7 to over Louisville, a game they should have absolutely whooped, 45-3 to over Pitt. 31 over 13 over Georgia Tech games that, you know, maybe have been prepared for them. But again, I don't like where their offense is at. Their defense may be good, but I like the Clemson Tigers. They are a five point favorite. They're going to cover the spread 35 to 30 for the Tigers. Notre Dame's going to go crashing down. They'll probably still play each other in the ACC championship game. But for the time being, Clemson wins 35 30. Desmond, who you got? George, I. I have been so back and forth with this game. I got to go with the luck of the Irish, George. I have to go. 24-21, game-winning field goal for Notre Dame. I, I, you don't know, George, I've been so back and forth with this game. And I think – I don't know. I just, I saw, I, I know Clemson came back, but they struggled so much in that first half without Trevor Lawrence. And I think if he even shows an ounce of that, if DJ shows an ounce of that, Notre Dame will just pounce on that. Desmond, and can I, I, keep going, keep going. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, is he ready to play a great caliber team of Notre Dame? Like, you know, it's, it's like his second game. No, no, I, I see where you're at. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens. But Desmond, I do want to mention something. Last week, you quoted that Clemson was going to have no trouble with Boston College, even with the without Trevor Lawrence. And I, that's what I thought. Wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. And I said, and I said, the Eagles can take advantage, but I think the Clemson hangs on 34 to 27. Desmond, what was the score? What was the score? 34 to 28. 34 to 28 was the final score. I think I know what I'm talking about, about the Clemson Tigers. Okay, 35 to 30. Mark my words, that's going to be the final score. Vegas, make it a four-and-a-half-point spread so so that people can cover the five points, so Clemson can cover the five points and make everybody happy. 35 to 30, you've heard it here first. It will be two weeks in a row. We'll see what happens. Our final game that we got to pick, let's get through the pick I'm here, and then we can talk. The final game we're going to pick, Stanford and Oregon. As we mentioned, the Pac-12 one game is going to be has been postponed. This game is still on. I believe there's been some, maybe some issues, but this game is still on. It's the Saturday Saturday night football game. Uh, good good rivalry game in the Pac-12 to start with. They've struggled. Both teams have struggled against each other. Oregon has normally been the favorite in this game. Stanford though has shown that they are not to be counted out. Uh, nine point favorite for Oregon. This game is going to be close. This game is going to be exciting. This game is going to be one you're going to want to watch. I probably won't be watching it because I'll be watching AM South Carolina until that game gets out of hand and then I can feel comfortable about changing the channel. Uh, but instead, I'm going to actually take Oregon. I think this is the one team that is ranked appropriately 
out of every single team in the top 25. Um, and we haven't even seen them. We haven't even seen them play yet. I'm taking the Oregon Ducks to win by three, 41 to 38. I think a field goal towards the last 30, 33 minutes of the game um, gives Oregon the lead, and then they get a defensive stop to finish it off. Desmond, what about you? I'm going to go. I'm going to lean more towards Vegas. I didn't know, like, I was, I was so close on the prediction. I have Oregon winning by 10, 34-24. Um, and we'll start to see what happens. Yeah, I think it should be a good one. Um, that one's, again, ABC's Saturday Night Football, 6.30 p.m. kickoff. What? I'm sorry. I was just singing ABC by the Jackson 5. Oh, ABC. <laughs> Easiest one, two, three. I'm singing a do re me. ABC, one, two, three. I mean, you and me now. Right? Isn't that a Jackson? That's that's Jackson. That is, that is, that that is, is that's Jackson yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what uh, AM, that's what we sing uh uh when AM strikes out gets a one, two, three inning in baseball, they start playing that song over the speaker. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So uh yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, it should be a good one there and uh on ABC, as uh, as we so pronounced the said, uh free advertising for ESPN and ABC. All right. Our scary good game before we finish things out here on the fifth quarter. Again, Desmond and I did not get it right last week, which means I'm still looking for my first win against the spread. Desmond's got two against the spread, two wins against the spread this week or this year. Um, so we go to the a, the SEC, uh, maybe in hopes of getting back on the right side of things. Arkansas and Tennessee. This is an Arkansas team that I saw in person against A&M. Felipe Franks is a good quarterback. Felipe Franks can move the ball. Arkansas's offense can move the ball. Arkansas's defense has a chance to stop Tennessee. Tennessee has been all over the place. Garrett Guantanamo has literally thrown so many touchdowns to the other team, a.k.a. pick sixes. It's been crazy. I think Tennessee's gotten cra- – Tennessee's fans are just going crazy because of the amount of touchdowns that he's throwing that are being – you know, that are intercepted and ran back. So I am going to get eighth time is the charm. I'm taking the Arkansas Razorbacks to cover Tennessee as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm taking Arkansas to outright cover. Give me the win. Give me the points. Arkansas is going to win this game by at least 10. At least. At least 10. If there was an Arkansas plus 10 money line, I'm taking it. But Arkansas is going to win by plus by 10. And I'm going to get my first win against the spread. Desmond's going to be mad because he's not going to win. He's going to be happy. I'm going to get the upset pick. Everything's going to go right this week for the for, for George. Desmond. George, those two times I won, they're obviously the games that you chose different. So I'm going to keep that trend going. Tennessee is winning this one outright. I'm going to get this right. George's going to remain undefeated on the losing side for his carry good games. And I'm going to get my upset pick right for the second week in a row. And I'll be one win away being 500 for my upset picks. Thank you very much. Well... We'll see what happens. 
6.30 kickoff. It's the SEC Saturday night game on SEC Network between the Hogs and the Arkansas Razorbacks. A quick check-in on our small schools, and we'll get out of here. Marshall did not play last week, as we mentioned. They uh, Their game got postponed. That game has been moved to the end of the season, so they will make up that game. But they play UMass this week, Desmond. And what a, what an opponent to get after a long layoff. Um, not really a team you have to worry about. Sorry, UMass, but you're not good. You've never been good, and you will not ever be good until you get five stars. Um, Marshall will win. If Grant Wells is playing in the fourth quarter, I'm worried. Uh, that's the, Marshall's quarterback because at that point, if he's playing in the fourth quarter, then the game is extremely close. Um, and, uh, Marshall gets Middle Tennessee uh, next week. So uh, should be a good sign to keep them going undefeated. They'd be 6-0 and and 3-0 and in the Conference USA. Desmond Army Air Force, it's a big uh, commander-in-chief C- uh, trophy series game on CBS national TV for your, your Black Knights. What, what's, the, uh, what's the outlook for them? George, they're, they're, they're without a doubt going to win this game. You know, they only have one loss in the season. You know, they're just outside the top 25. I'm loving it so far. This, this is probably one of my best small schools I've chosen in a while. Well, considering you chose Houston, Arizona State, and Army, of the three, yeah, Army's having the best one. But again, 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 Desmond, they've won three games against teams okay. that aren't even George. playing a this fall. George, you really want to start this again, George? I, want to st- I, I mean, look, Desmond, I didn't – look, I cannot – shout out to all my Longhorn fans that listen to this. I did not bring back the segment about ranked teams ranked ahead of Texas because guess what, Texas? You're back in the rankings. Congratulations. Congratulations. But <laughs> if Liberty somehow wins and is ranked ahead of Texas, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry, Longhorn Nation. That segment will be back. In the words of Sam Ellinger, it will be back. So, um, but we'll call it quits there on this episode number 10 of the third season of the fifth quarter podcast. You can, you know, find us on, on, uh, on Twitter or Instagram at the, at, at the five Q podcast, or send us an email at the Q five podcast at gmail.com. We're getting nearing closer and closer to our 50th season is 50th episode of extravaganza that you won't want to miss. I guarantee you there'll be some fun things in store. So uh, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube Subscribe to our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts so you can keep listening to us and keep giving us some love. Signing off for the fifth quarter podcast on this November the 5th on a Thursday in 2020. I'm George Koff with the patriotic style. He's Desmond McLaughlin. We'll catch you next week. And as, as always, wear your mask. Giga Maggies, Reckham Tech. Adios. <laughs>